0: Welcome to the Weird Eye podcast. We are your hosts, Adrian Spataru And Bogdan Andrusak. And in this episode, we're going to talk about AI and regulations.
1: So Adrian, first of all, I want to congratulate you on our 10th episode of this podcast. Woo! Yay! (laughs) And I think it's a good time... talk more about ethics of AI and about how AI is regulated in EU and in USA.
0: So I think we can maybe talk about EU first. And in 21st of April, EU announced a new regulatory framework on AI. Let's break it down Bogdan. What does it really mean? What is this whole thing?
1: So first of all, the best part of this report and its biggest advantage, it creates risk levels for AI, beginning from unacceptable risk until uh, the minimal risk. And I was really glad to read this because of you state that it's unacceptable for member countries to create any ty- types of social scoring.
0: Yes, and that's one of the unacceptable risks which are banned. So
1: that's, I'm also very happy with that. So it's basically everything that can affect livelihoods and rights of people with, uh, with systems of artificial intelligence will be banned immediately.
0: What I also like is more regulatory control over high-risk AI systems. And EU defines them under several categories. These are like critical infrastructure, for example, transport, where you could endanger a person or a health citizen. This would be, for example, self-driving cars, right? You want to have very strict regulatory frameworks for that. But it's not only that. Stuff like law enforcement, stuff like administration of justice and democratic processes will have strict obligations regarding risk assessment, regarding how the logging of the data, detailed documentation, and so on. I'm very happy about it because they're not like just, okay, I have a self-driving car. We do not supervise it in any way. You're like free to do whatever. No, it's going to be strictly regulated.
1: Also very interesting in the document provided together with this proposal as answering additional questions. They, Clearly states that even if AI system has accuracy of ninety nine point nine percent, this zero point one percent is can be thousands of peoples. Especially in terms of like migration and asylum seeking, it can affect uh, livelihood of thousands and thousands of peoples. Even if it's just zero point one percent. So again, why do we even need to regulate artificial intelligence? I think it's same why we regulate any other technologies. Like, why do we have seatbelts in cars? Because it's for our safety and for safety for, of all people around us. And even though most AI systems have
0: posed a low risk to society, those AI technologies which have a high risk can have a disastrous damage on the whole society. And to avoid this, we really need to implement these frameworks. So EU talked about the high risk and like what's unacceptable. Those things, just to be clear, All anything which is related to biometric identification is also considered high risk for the European Union. So it seems like everything related to your privacy is automatically considered as high risk when there is an AI application to that data.
1: Yeah, and it also means that like high risk doesn't mean that it will be banned or something. It just the companies that uh, will ha- want to uh, use application in one of these uh, spheres, uh, they will have to go through, you know, harder. Uh- Controls, uh, they would have to show that they didn't have bias in data sets that basically make as transparent as possible their solutions. But also, there is a thing that they state that for purpose of security and police force, they would have access to face recognition and yeah, basically biometric identification. So for those those applications they, they say it will be possible but not on us level it would be like case per case where they need to get permission from i guess court or other
0: legal mechanisms yes. which allow you to get that empowerment for that certain so, so
1: at least it wouldn't won't be like a passive surveillance that just happens by default
0: so one example would be cameras in the public you would have nowhere cameras, like by default, no cameras in the ca- in the city. However, for public spaces, big public areas, agency can apply for, hey, I want the camera because of state of the people only from that region. So it will be a very limited basis of application of that law.
1: And also, I think uh, you will be able to enforce such policies because, for example, GDPR, the data pro- protection... Regulation was effectively enforced and it pushed all companies to first check for their securities, stop data sharing with other people. And it, I think it benefited consumers in the end.
0: And they also using a similar system when it comes to penalizing these infringements on these laws. So, for example, whatever reason the U.S. has concluded that you didn't respect the obligations required for your high-risk application, then you could see fines up to €30 million Euros or 6% of the total worldwide annual turnover of your preceding financial year. And whatever is higher is what you're going to pay. So it's a very similar penalty system here as in GDPR,
1: yeah, exactly, and this annual percentage, yeah, annual percentage is so good that meaning that big companies cannot just ignore ignore it and be like, okay, we will pay like hundred thousand euros and just continue misusing our systems. It means that if they misuse it, they will pay accordingly. Exactly. But you would not just put these regulations without thinking how they can support people doing AI. Uh, you doesn't want to hinder it development of uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning and other technologies. So together with this proposal, they create a suggestion of how to create enough resources to make sure that there will be people that can help deploy uh, AI systems. So they put budget for research and PhDs for people that work in AI. And yeah, <laughs> they allocate resources to develop workforce and skill set to ensure that there is enough people that can maintain and audit new and complicated AI systems.
0: Well, will also help to make it easier for companies to follow these policies is technical standards and this is not only happening in EU, this is actually happening on the global level. So you may have heard about these ISO standards, 90% I think of global trade works through these standards. So if I would trade something from EU to US or US to China or whatever other country, or and your products, if they respect these norms, then you can trade. And this allows also that it's consistent that everybody are following the same rules, and it's easier to even trade technologies. Because like, okay, once maybe one problem is like not only respecting the laws, like okay, it's safe for the EU, but you want to respect all international regulatory rules. Whatever, depending on country. So, these standards allow you to build a technology res- which respect those. So, for example, th- there's a committee on, on this international organization of first standards where a lot of members, even Austria, with the EU norm, so the local norm standard in here. And there they talked, they already def- published already seven ISO standards. And the first one was regarding the terminology and vocabulary, which doesn't seem like a big deal, but this is important, especially when we talk about AI, oh, AI is like this thing which thinks by itself, it's Sophia, no, it's not, there's actual formal definition on every component of AI, which allows then companies to clarify exactly what they want from each other and what their products are doing. How can I, as a company, comply to your laws if there's not a standard on how to respect them, right? This is thankfully also moving along and maybe more relevant for bigger companies, of course. But with these standards, we can allow a way to not only export and import AI technologies, but actually follow the laws.
1: And now going to US regulations of AI, for me, it was a little bit complicated, not com- it, now going to U.S. and uh, U.S. In, same, in some ways very similar to you because you have like federal laws that apply to all the states and then you have like a state laws. And there is already a bunch of laws already accepted in, and in place. And there is also a lot of proposals that should be passed in next years or they are still in workings. But they they are also putting, similar to EU, all the applications that should be allowed or not allowed. So when I was reading the about US regulations, there's a lot of similarities between what EU is doing and US is doing in terms of what is acceptable and not. So in US, there, there was no... These brisk levels, but also they are very uh, strict on geometrical identification, face uh, facial identification, and and yeah, and then they are more lenient on smaller application. But a uh, very interesting for me was they have regulations about bots. Uh, I think it's. <laughs> taking because of uh, their experience of elections they they made that bots should state that like when when somebody's chatting and it's chatting with bot bot need to explain it's not a real person talking so if the there is application that is using a chatbot and not stating that it's a chatbot it's illegal
0: I think overall, there will be some consensus in a lot of places with the EU regulation. So we saw with GDPR, there are some states which have a equivalent like the California Consumer Privacy Act, which is very similar to what we have here in Europe. So I think it will kind of converge. And especially with the ISO standards, the US and Europe and all other agencies are defining standards together, I think will, the regulatory framework will be very similar
1: but I have fears from reading about u s regulations that they are f- written in the way that a company needs to notify uh, that they are using like facial recognition or whatever whatever, but it can mean that you just have license and agreement that nobody reads and you put yes, I agree, and again your data is used in same way, if it was before regulation, because the company just added the, regu- the the paragraph to regulation.
0: Yeah, somehow bypassing it basically just by oh yeah, on paper it looks nice, but the actual application of enforcing this law is by like, oh there's a simple loophole, and therefore we don't need to respect them. Yeah, and
1: that's why I like really like that you stated that social scoring will be banned and didn't dance around it.
0: That said, it, it, that's also quite tricky. How do you define social scoring? Because if you think about like credit cards in the US, you have a credit score that can be considered as one a proxy for a social score. Ba- basically, these financial companies have credit scores and other kind of scores to measure the performance or to measure the trustworthiness of a person. So what this is this
1: logical, what is not? So I think uh, here it's it cannot be AI-created social score. I, I think this is w- what it means. Of course, we have like sc- credit scores and stuff, but they are not created by AI. they created by like some formula that somebody invented, like wrote down, and it's like, Clearly explainable and it's like based on some factors. So
0: yeah, so explainable AI versus non-explainable. Not because you can't say well the current current methods
1: also are AI. You could say. Yeah, But but I think it's what it have. By social scoring, they mean like extremes when, when your actions are evaluated and put uh, together into one score. Uh, like how there is now in China, when you, you know, when, if you help in a neighborhood, you get one score. And if you don't help, you get minus score and stuff like that. I, I like that in
0: US and also in Europe, they are pushing this algorithmic bias enforcement so not enforcing bias okay (laughs) verifying if there's a bias in algorithm more specifically you want to have algorithms which explain themselves in order to not have these unattended biases for when they're predicting and we already in our past episodes we talked so many examples of these algorithm biases affecting or in funny ways or sometimes more serious and i think like if the way these companies can use then AI will be then using a explainable AI to explain an, in order to do whatever they want to do.
1: And also I think there will be emerging a new business because all of this certification and controlling will be dependent on independent auditors. So I think there will be huge market for creating uh, auditor companies that can check data set for bias, check transparency, and at, uh, what, whatever you or US would require for, from their companies to get to the market.
0: And this is actually happening right now. So there's already seven standards defined by the ISO. Not all of them you really need to like enforce since like you know, vocabulary, that's something we all agree on this. We don't need to like check on audit, but uh, regarding like fairness and explainable yeah. and fairness of the algorithm, those norms are in, in definition defined. You're going to have like in the automobile industry where you have regulatory audits of like, if you, resp- and they give you like the certification for that norm, this is going to happen and it's already acting. There are already companies Trying being an external auditor, enforcing or giving certificates for these
1: AI standards. We should become auditors ourselves, but we just uh, certify a varied application. Is it varied enough or not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you weird? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I think for the end, I have a very interesting uh, uh, question. In this EU or report, there's this example of dangerous AI of toys using voice assistance encouraging dangerous behavior of minors, and I think I couldn't find example of such toys that use voice to tell kids to do something dangerous. Have you have you
0: encountered such things? No, but they must have an. It's so specific that they might have an idea. that might in their conversations they have. Who knows? I would think maybe an Alexa. You can consider that a toy. You can roll it around. That, 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 that <laughs> <laughs> roll the next dot or however it's called.
1: Yeah, exactly. It would be quite interesting to see like w- w- what they were thinking about because everything else is like general, general, no like specific, and here is like toys using voice. <laughs> so.
0: But if you guys have an idea what toy which influences children, then write us up on LinkedIn or Twitter. Check the links in the description. And we wish you a great
1: day. We will uh, cheer you, see you at our next episode.